Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast, hosted by Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Customs Brokers USA. Damon is a licensed U.S. Customs Broker and Certified Customs Specialist with more than 18 years' experience in the import-export customs, transportation, and logistics sectors. Each month, Trade Secrets will bring you guests in the industry to provide their insights on timely trade issues to give you an advantage in international trade. So now, let's talk trade. Welcome to the podcast, Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Custom Brokers USA. And today we have a special guest with us. Uh, we're returning to the interviews after a long pause from COVID. Uh, we've updated our technology. We have actually on the phone today with us Mark Ridley, who is the uh, co-founder and managing director of Green Shoots FX. Now, he's got a really interesting company and a really interesting product that's going to help importers, exporters, those global traders. Uh, and like I like to say, you have to become very sophisticated now if you're going to be in international trade. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Damon. Super to be here. Um, glad to be described as a special guest, I think. I, I, you know, we, we don't have too many guests on the podcast. I'm trying to get more people to, to interview, but, um, I was so excited to hear about your product and, uh, let's just dive into it. Tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you, how you got to start this company. Give us a little background on, on your company and who you are. Uh, sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, wow. Uh, I'm probably going to make a short story long here, but I've, I've worked at seven banks, uh, throughout my career, uh, mostly global banks that include the likes of uh, JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, Deutsche Bank. Um, and I've done that on two continents across almost 29 years. And probably the last few years of, of I'll be honest, have been the toughest. Um, I was certainly at a place where my heart just really wasn't in it and my buddy at a different bank and I had been speaking about uh, going out on our own because we were both frustrated that we just couldn't give clients the foreign exchange pricing that they deserved so um, I, I think and I'm going to be careful how I say this but I think yeah, in, in the larger banks we could be accused of, of incentivizing wrong behaviors like you know there's a revenue target bigger than the previous years and if you want a bonus uh, and keep your job you know make sure you hit it so we're not really encouraged to say to clients thanks for your business here's a fee reduction um and not only that the the average relationship banker if you will um and i'm speaking in general terms across the whole of the u.s based on my experience they're not focused really on payments or foreign exchange rates and uh, i suppose really you can't blame them <clears throat> excuse me um they they have scores of products uh, to sell their clients and will often gravitate towards the wider margin, easier to sell services. So they're not picking up the phone to say to their client, hey, you know, we know that you usually remit pounds to the UK. Uh, you're not due to send the payment for a few weeks, but say today's a great rate, take advantage of it, slightly stronger dollar, yada, yada, uh, buy the pounds, hold them in your account. Um, and so uh, after, I, I guess, many times of saying we were going to do it, um, we did in early 2020 we started the build launched it towards the end of last year with what we felt was a bank beating products um and then in early 2021 thought it's great but it's not the best and although it is better than the bank 
it's still a little bit behind where maybe our um, global FX uh, payment competitors are. So we set about making some changes and enhancements and uh, released them earlier in May, meaning that we can now stand up in front of a billion-dollar company and, and technically not embarrass ourselves. Uh, well, I mean, I'll say that. I mean, I, I can definitely embarrass myself, but the, at least the product <laughs> kind of like holds its own, I suppose. Um, so that's how we that's how we came into um, that's how we came into existence. That's fantastic. And, and Mark, just to let the listeners know, we have had a couple discussions before this, and you were gracious enough to have me on your podcast. Um, so if you want to give that podcast a plug right now, we'd, we'd, we'd welcome that. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, so FX Refreshed is the name of our podcast. Um, and the idea of it really was to, to talk to businesses um, and specifically CFOs about the way that they manage foreign exchange exposures when they're buying and selling internationally. But we've actually really stumbled into more of a supply chain discussion. So this was really good for me because I I, um, I think it was probably going to be quite myopic in the sense of you know, just focusing on the FX. But when you, when you have the ears and eyes of a CFO or a business owner or a finance guy, um, there's more than just the financial side of things that they're trying to solve for. So we try and pick, peel back the layers of the entire supply chain, if you will, and make some recommendations. And so having these broader discussions on our podcast, we think is, is kind of beneficial um, to, uh, to our clients and to our prospects, which is why we were super keen and super pleased to, to host you uh, recently. Thank you. Thank you. And one of the things that you said in, in our conversation is that this, this finance or the international exchange you kind of see is really part of the supply chain. And that's, that's a paradigm shift for a lot of uh, uh, companies that are involved in international, international trade. Can you, can you dive into that a little bit more? Yeah, sure. So it, it's funny, like in, throughout my career in, in banking, um, whenever we internally would talk about supply chain, we always include money movement in that um, in that discussion. Uh, but when I speak to freight forwarders or if I'm speaking to uh, logistics companies, for them, supply chain, in, in, in the main, um, just seems to be the movement of goods from A to B. But as I like to remind individuals, if you don't have a payment that successfully goes from B to A, stuff won't move from A to B. So we are all intrinsically uh, intrinsically linked. Um, and funny enough, I did see a, um, I saw an article on LinkedIn that somebody had posted uh, a couple of days back. And it's, it's kind of reminiscent of, of a lot of these posts where uh, there's a big focus on shipping costs, there's increased shipping costs. Um, uh, Importers, exporters are pulling their hair out, if you will, yeah, yeah. just over the fact it's it's a lot more expensive to get product from uh, one country to the other, and uh, you know what can be done about it, and you know it's expensive and yada yada, and uh, that so that's when I kind of jump in and I try and be respectful with my comments. I'm like, look, there's a there's a way that you can manage expenses, um, and uh, and by talking to us, we can certainly help you pay less through far better foreign exchange rates than you're getting through your bank. So if you're going to your bank to uh, you know, buy euro and, and import widgets from Germany, uh, you, you might pay 100000 bucks for that. Um, but through us, we typically 
try and save clients in the region of about 3%. So you'll probably pay $97,000 through us for the same for the same shipment. And if you're actually buying those widgets from Germany and paying in US dollars, well, that's when you're seriously overpaid because the German exporter is going to slightly inflate the dollar amount to manage the foreign exchange risk that they have. They don't want US dollars. They're invoicing you in dollars because they think that's easier for you as the importer in the States. Um, but in order to uh, manage their own foreign exchange risk, they will slightly uh, pad. I mean, it, it, it's prevalent, so it has its own name, mm -hmm. uh, the dollar value. So by converting from dollars into the currency of your uh, international vendor and using a specialized company like us, you'll probably end up saving about 5000 for that. Nice. Uh, for that hundred grand nice. So this really becomes another tool in the tool chest of the importer, the exporter here in the United States, that international trader. Now, what markets are you in? Are you are, are you able to do this throughout the world or throughout the country? Where where are you able to serve clients? Uh, well, we primarily focus on companies based in the USA uh, and Canada, um, in terms of being our direct clients. But we are spotlighting Mexico at the moment, which is also a country that we can operate in. So we have the capacity to onboard clients located across um, a significant number of European countries. And we wanted that capability not to proactively uh, market to those entities, but to support the overseas offices of our North American clients uh, if the need arises. But with regard to Mexico, this, so this is really an important market for us right now because we know that manufacturing is shifting from China to cheaper Southeast, South, Southeast Asian countries. But with the impact of COVID and the significant delays of getting product into the States, Mexico within the next five years, uh, while maybe a tad more expensive to buy goods from, can offer cheaper transit costs uh, but more importantly, uh, an expedited delivery time from the factory to the shelves in the States, which keeps the cash flow moving along nicely. And if you're a CFO, that's kind of critical and key to you. Yeah, yeah. And and you, I mean, you kind of touched on a number of, of, of points there with the cost of transit. The cargo, the shipping is increasing dramatically. I mean, we're seeing yeah. shipping costs triple, uh, you know, from China to the United States. And then... With all the congestion at the ports, this causes an issue uh, that you're touching on here. And, yeah, these different countries outside of China to have manufacturing done is becoming very important uh, for importers, exporters, those international traders. And this sounds like something that really uh, could open up a whole new world for someone who hasn't looked at this before. Absolutely. And again, coming back to my, um, my earlier comment, whilst we have the, uh, the ears and, and the eyes, if you will, of, uh, of, a, of a senior individual, a CFO or a business, uh, a business owner, you know, we'll, we'll talk to them about how they're getting product into the U.S. You know, we'll, we'll talk to them about using the right um, customs broker. We'll talk to them about check like take having taken a temperature check with a with a freight forwarder are they using the right inco terms and there's been a number of of times where <laughs> where the, the conversation typically steers towards but that's the way that we've always done it um and so trying to break somebody's um i guess uh, mental psyche if you will uh to to just take a 15 minute 
phone call with uh, another supply chain expert, um, I think that will pay dividends. Quite frankly, I think it, it's been, it, it's it's been proven certainly in my time and my experience that if you do just take that five minutes, sit back, um, and and have a day or a week of it in a year where you just do those reviews. Uh, that's for me is where you'll find that technology has improved. You'll find that you can um, get better advice. You'll find that pricing can be different. Um, like the, the world is moving on at probably a, a, the fastest pace that it, it that it ever has done. And coming back to that, um, you know, maybe maybe switching manufacturing to from uh, from Southeast Asia maybe to to more into Mexico. Yeah. Um, like I hope that businesses don't have a case of amnesia over the course of the next couple of years because you know masks are being ripped off right now we're trying to get back to some sort of normality yeah and it's going to be probably very easy to fall back into the same old routine that we previously had um and uh, and always say look lightning never strikes twice so we'll never see something like this well you know i I don't want to sound too flippant but having lived through a number of disasters, natural and terrorist. Um, you know, it, there is there is something else that's out there. Whether it is another global recession, whether it is another pandemic, um, you know, we are going to be hit again at some stage. So you know, again, coming back to that, having amnesia. Let's hope that uh, that people uh, don't and yeah. and start putting processes in place today that that steer them in good stead for the future. Great. So, Mark, can you share a success story with us, with one of your clients, somebody who was doing it the old way and kind of saw the light and sat down with you and talked to you and how you helped them and, and what their what the success was? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, we have quite a number of these. One that I'm, I'm immediately thinking about, and it always comes, it really, it generally starts with uh, we don't need uh, to talk to you because we don't have any foreign exchange exposure. We buy from um, from Asia in in US dollars, and we we mostly export anyway. And we like to export in US dollars. Now, mm-hmm. Why wouldn't we invoice our clients in US dollars? We're a dollar based company. Right. We understand dollars. Dollars is what we want. Dollars is our cash flow. So, you know, I. I well, in that scenario, in this particular scenario that I'm thinking of, um, I, I met with the CFO, or we met with the CFO, and um, they explained again that they were uh, exporting and invoicing in US dollars. And I said, look, th- what you probably don't realise is uh, the your buyer has maybe four or five different bids or quotes from four or five different companies your competitors and if they're getting bids if they're based in germany if you're selling to germany i keep using germany uh, as an example but if you're selling to germany um and the german importer has four bids in euro and yours in us dollar they're probably going to put the dollar one to one side just for the moment because euro is what they understand they know what that's going to cost them and they know that if they're working on 30 60 90 day terms they know that in 90 days, it's going to cost them that euro fixed amount. If you quote them in US dollars, they don't know what that rate's going to be 90 days after shipping. So they immediately have that foreign exchange risk, and so they'll, they'll push to one side. And the CFO said to me, well, that's interesting, Mark, and I kind of like really get it, but we kind of manufacture an exclusive product. So 
Um, so in that regard, the the company doesn't really have much of a choice but to buy from us. And I said, well, you know, that's that's kind of a really great and in somewhat unique um, position to be in, but certainly yeah. a great position to be in. And for all intents and purposes, you could kind of invoice them in Hungarian luncheon vouchers. You know, they're going to buy from <laughs> yeah, you right. that we know. But as a CFO, you love cash flow. And so wouldn't it be great if you invoiced them in euro and they made that decision today to buy from you rather than in two months, three months, four months, by the time they figure out how to manage that foreign exchange risk. Now, if you're long in cash and you have significant flow, then yeah, by all means, quote in US dollars and wait for that decision to come in six months from now. Mm -hmm. But if you are in need of cash flow, let's make that decision easier for the, the German buyer and have them make that purchase today and we will manage the foreign exchange exposure for you so that you still get the same volume, sorry, the same value of the US dollar that you wanted um, originally. And so, you know, we work with that CFO and uh, managed to convince them to um, change their behavior and, and it's working out well for them. And, and again, you know, using our risk management tools, we are able to protect them and collect euro and in some cases store and hold the euro for them not convert it all back to us dollars as they have some euro expenses as well so there's mm -hmm. no point in converting into us dollars and then back into euro so, so you know, we'll, we'll work with many clients like that so do you think that this is kind of a an, an area of their business that they don't think about that they're a little afraid of because they don't understand it and you can really come in and take away that confusion or give them a little better understanding of the whole process and that's where the success comes in? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And, and um, one, of the, one of the things that we, we try and highlight actually to many businesses, particularly the larger businesses uh, where there's um, several individuals that might all be working in the supply chain, right? So you, you've got the CFO who's controlling certain purse strings and, and cash flow and liquidity. You might have a procurement manager that has a budget to, you know, uh, buy whatever, you know, whatever it is that widgets they're looking to buy, but they have a budget to do that. Um, and then there could be a logistics individual. There could be like a number of different individuals. And, and, and you know, I'll even add in there maybe a salesperson as well. So if it's a company that's, that's exporting. And all of these individuals, they have different agendas. Um, and are somewhat slightly pulling in, in a, you know, in a slightly different direction. And so it's better if we can try and get everybody in the room at the same time. So we can just listen to, okay, what, what's your role in the company? Uh, how do you link with so-and-so? And, um, and then you know, try and pull a solution together that's going to work well uh, for the company uh, as a whole. So coming back to this, you know, a CFO, um, like I say, is, is, is interested in managing that risk, uh, wants to keep themselves out of prison um, for you know, not falling foul of certain laws and regulations. <laughs> right. yeah. uh, the salesperson wants to make a sale. Right? Right. And right. so you have a CFO that wants to manage that risk by probably perpetually invoicing in US dollars. And you've got mm -hmm. the salesperson that if they could actually invoice their client and sell to their client in Germany in euro boom, now all of a sudden they become competitive. Mm -hmm. So you know, you, you, I, I don't see it so often where the two actually meet in the same organization. 
And when you kind of put them in the same room and say, look, you know, you can actually invoice in, uh, in Euro, be competitive, help your salesperson out, but also manage that cash flow and that risk as well using the appropriate tools. So yeah, it's a, a lot of what we do is really is really education, and we you know we we don't we don't mind that. Um, I mean, obviously, <laughs> if you just spend the whole day and and week in week out just educating, and nobody um, then comes to you and and uses your product, uh, then that's a, that's an issue, right? You mm. might have a lot of um, moral victories where behaviours change, um, but if they're not if they're not you know, picking up the phone to us, then that's not a financial victory. Right, right. So, so uh, you know, we, like I say, we're, we're happy to educate all day long, but we hope that, that businesses do take it to heart and do understand it and then elect to use us for their um, management of international payments. That's great. Now, now, earlier on, you mentioned Mexico is becoming more important in the manufacturing scene. Uh, what's what's on the horizon? If you look into the future, what's on the what's what's next for your company? What are the where where are you going? Kind of give the listeners kind of insight into the growth of your company. Uh, let's think about that. Um, well, so we. We're continuing to build relationships with like-minded supply chain professionals um, with the notion of really uh, maybe preferring one, maybe two in each supply chain uh, category, if you will, such that we can continue to refer business in the direction uh, of that entity, knowing that, that we'll, be, we'll be made to look awesome, right? Any kind right, of right. referral partner that we choose is really an extension of us. So they have to be like us, you know, very client-focused. Um, so while we have a direct responsibility to solve for the global payments piece, we know it's likely the business has uh, other areas of, of the supply chain which they're hurting in and, and maybe they don't even know about. So we'll, we'll continue to um, uh, establish those, uh, those types of relationships. You know, we have, we have a few, but we could definitely do with um, uh, having more. Um, you know, it, I think I mentioned this earlier on, but you know, maybe they've not reviewed their INCO terms or investigated the benefits of a, uh, a foreign trade zone or mm-hmm. understand how political risk and trade credit insurance programs can boost e- exports. Um, so we like to peel back the layers and think that uh, that it's key for us to continue to recognize we can help solve for other supply chain issues right. that the client doesn't know that they have. You know, and in, in addition, we'll keep an eye on the comp- uh, competition. Um, and keep thinking of unique services that we can build that we can improve uh, financial performance of, of North American businesses. But, you know, we, we launched at the back end of last year, as I said, and then immediately kind of looked at that and thought, you know, we could do a lot better, even though it was great. And so, you know, I think, I think right now we have everything in place that we really need to have. Awesome. So um, I suppose in short, what's on the horizon, continue that education. Now we've got the uh, we've got the formula. We just need to go out and um, bang on doors, if you will, and, and provide that level of education and handholding. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, Mark, continued success for you. Uh, I have one last question for you. What, what, uh, how can our listeners get in touch with you if they want to learn more or they want to get you on the phone? What's the what's the best way to contact you? 
so we we're super active on LinkedIn. Um, so you can you can follow us there. Uh, we we certainly love a few more followers on LinkedIn. To be honest, um, we're starting to push out more content across Twitter of late. So you can follow us at GSFX Payments. Uh, the website, which is greenshootsfx.com, is packed full of information from the currencies that we can offer, and there's about 130 currencies at this point in time that we can convert into. Uh, it will talk about cutoff times, use cases, product information, and there's some, uh, there's some entertaining stuff as well. Uh, well, at least I think it's entertaining. Uh, and you can find our contact information um, on the site. Otherwise, feel free to ping me an email. Um, I'm mark.ridley at greenshootsfx.com. Um, even if you just want to run something past me or us um, or set up some one-to-one -one time for an educational discussion, you know, we make time for that kind of thing. You know, we're, we're nerds at heart, really, um, and we enjoy talking about what we can do to help. So, um, yeah, pick up the phone, send us an email. We'll, uh, we'll do what we can. And it doesn't matter if you have £2,000 a quarter that you send or €50 million Euros a month. Uh, you know, we we help everybody from one extreme to the other and in between. Perfect, perfect. Well, Mark, I think that's why we're kindred spirits here talking. Uh, you know, the few discussions that we've had, we've really hit it off. So I want to thank you very much for uh, coming onto the podcast. And um, again, uh, really, if you have some questions about that international currency exchange, how you can help integrate that in your supply chain, please reach out to Mark, uh, wealth of knowledge, and uh, thank you. Uh, everyone, thank you for joining us on this episode of Trade Secrets. Uh, until next time, if you have any questions or uh, that I can answer, please feel free to email me, Damon, D-A-M-O-N, at Welke, W-E-L-K-E-U-S-A dot com, and we'll get your questions on the podcast. Mark, thank you again. We really appreciate you joining us. Um, and Give us uh, one last piece of advice for our listeners uh, that we can we can close the uh, session with. Uh, well, well, thanks, Damon. Uh, certainly appreciate your time and, and thanks for the invitation. Um, piece of advice: uh, take a temperature check. Take five minutes just to sit back, put that phone call in, and if you find yourself saying, "But that's the way we've always done it." might be time for a change excellent excellent thank you mark much appreciated thanks david appreciate it this has been trade secrets the podcast hosted by damon piatek president and ceo of welke customs brokers usa thank you for listening